How's it going, you creepy fuckers? It's your boy BP, and welcome to the second episode of the Let's Talk Horror podcast. So what's this one going to be about? Who fucking knows? I mean, I do. It's the first part of a two-parter episode already, which is fucking mental. We're two episodes in, and you're already getting a special, so you're welcome. And these episodes are going to be titled, Why Horror? You know, why Why do we love these films so fucking much? Um, there's so, so many reasons, and these podcasts, uh, part one or two, is going to go into that, and we are going to be looking into a very, very brief history of horror in cinema. So these films have been around for a long, long time. Like We're talking way back, um, all the way back, in fact, to the silent film era. It all really started with Nosferatu. You know, you remember that weird fucking creepy vampire guy. Um, but that was a real, real eye-opener for not only filmmakers, uh, but for the audience uh, in regards to what to expect going forward um, and how technology had uh, got them to this point. It, you know, it might not have words, but the impact of the imagery was very, very important going forward. So then after Nosferatu, and then we actually started being able to speak in films, you started getting all the absolute classic universal monsters. You had ones like Dracula, Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. All those absolute classics that we all remember and still love and uh, still have films about today started all the way back, you know, a long time ago. So they were the beginnings, they were the foundations for horror in film. And people were really taking note. One of those people in the 60s that was taking note was Alfred Hitchcock, one of the most influential filmmakers of all time. And he made Psycho, which is also one of the greatest films of all time. Psycho is a film so influential to cinema, not just in you know all things scary but in regards to uh, how it was made how the music the performances it's so so important um that would cinema be the same without it who knows but it's there it's documented and it's just one of the best films of all time so horror became the genre to do from this point on you're looking at films like rosemary's babies the haunting you had uh, v- vincent price being the absolute g you know, it continued and continued, but then the 70s happened and things got real dark, like really fucked up. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I Spit on Your Grave, The Hills of Eyes, hyper-realistic, hyper-violent, really, really messed up movies took horror in a sort of different direction than these theatrical monsters of the past you know, it, it changed it, and people didn't like it, and then some people did like it. You had so many films that were banned. Uh, it was really messed up, those films, but yet, still to this day, are considered absolute classics and loved by a lot of people. But as well as all these weird fucking dirty grindhouse films from the 70s, you also had absolute classics. You had The Exorcist, you had Halloween, and then right at the end of the 70s, you also had Alien. 
And these films were able to take that little leap forward um, because of the evolution of technology and how that managed to help all sides of the aesthetics for these films. So even in the 70s, you were able to uh, really put imagery and sound at the forefront of what you were doing, really, really, really helping and impacting story like it would do in those sort of films. And this, to me, really shows in films like The Exorcist. Now, The Exorcist is one of my personal favourites of all time, and it is an absolute classic. But one of the things that really strikes me, even when I watch it today, is how visually stunning it is for a film, once again, that was made in the 70s. The film was directed uh, by William Friedkin, and he was a documentary director at the time uh, and managed to get the opportunity to make The Exorcist. And for me, that's why the film, when you watch it now, it feels so fresh still and doesn't feel overly dated. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it might have that sort of 70s look to it, but in regards to how it's filmed um, and how the tension constantly builds because of how incredibly it was directed, um, it really, really stands out. And to me, you know, as I say, it's one of my greatest films of all time. And it, it was definitely way ahead of its time. And the other brilliant thing with the evolution of technology, it gave someone like John Carpenter the opportunity to start using Steadicams and really, really understanding how to use them to impact the tension in the movie like he did in Halloween. But also it means he got to... Uh, play The Sims like an absolute boss and make one of the greatest horror movie soundtracks of all time. You know, horror was evolving and so was his audience. So then the 80s happened, the decade of all things over the top. You had short shorts, crop tops, and then there was me, you know, the best part of the 80s. Horror took another spin and really became about imagination, not so much uh, realism, uh, but just anything for fun. The problem is, is you end up having cuddly little fuckers, uh, really messed up uh, guys that were getting burnt to a crisp and then dying and then coming back and haunting your dreams. Uh, you had tool sheds, you know, 80s horrors were fun. But if you put the stories on paper, uh, it would really show a real darker side to it and definitely a more controversial side. You know, in case of a lot of horrors in the 80s, the villains were the heroes. They were always the winners, Freddy Krueger. You know, Jason, Michael Myers. You take Freddy Krueger, for example. You know, he was a piece of shit um, before, um, you know, he, he got killed. And then came back, haunted everybody's dreams, and then fucking killed everyone. And, you know, and, and have multiple films about it. The 80s had a lot of darkness behind it, but they did their best to try and make it fun, which is why we always, always get very nostalgic about the 80s in regards to anything, whether it's m movies or music, uh, we, you know, we love it. So as I said, it was the decade for bad guys, you know, including Jack Nicholson going fucking mental. So there were so many horror films in the 80s that they sort of blended into one after a while. They all became the same. They were all trying to be uh, something that was going to start making big bucks at the cinema. And it did make money, but it needed something uh, to, to ignite that passion that people really, really had with the genre. Uh, and then that's when the 90s happened. Uh, you know, you had uh, teen slashers. You had uh, films with story. You had Stephen King. You know, horror became uh, a lot about telling stories from films like Misery to Candyman. 
uh, Flatliners and It, you, you know, you still had those sort of real, you know, monsters and, and bad guys and stuff. But a lot of the films really, you know, had an understanding of, of story and what how they could fit that into these type of films. So even though we had all these types of films in the 90s, uh, you know, horror films really needed something that was going to be the next big thing, something that was going to be influential again in regards to changing the face of horror. And that was Teen Slashers, and that was Scream. So Scream was a massive, massive hit. It was fun, and it brought people back to the cinemas. It made a lot of money, but it just made it great to go and watch these films at the cinema again and really enjoy the experience. It was directed by Wes Craven, uh, and his masterful direction really, really, really took it that step further. But also an incredible um, script made it great for the modern era of teens um, that were going to watch these films going forward. So what does horror love? It loves trends, and it loves things that are going to make money. And Scream made money. So they brought out a load of other teen slashes. You had films like I Know What We Did Last Summer. Uh, you had The Faculty. You had uh, Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. You also had Halloween and the Freddy Krueger franchises trying to get on board, modernising um, themselves for the future. But as it always happens, shit gets stale and uh, these films wore out their welcome. But then right at the end of the 90s, you had very, very important films came out. You had the Blair Witch Project and you had the Sixth Sense. They were reviving uh, the horror genre again. They made a lot, a lot of money and they were both very good films. So I, I really personally like the Blair Witch Project. And I know a lot of people don't. And I know a lot of people just don't get why. Um, but I think it's a really, really clever film. It's really well directed for people you don't even know. And they did it and the most amazing job with the marketing, making so many people genuinely believe that the film was real. Uh, it made over 240 million at the box office on a budget, which I think was like ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, I think. Um, it's an amazing achievement for what it did. And I genuinely really enjoy the film and think it's freaky as fuck. And then you had M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Sense, which made a shitload of money, and it deserved to. What an amazing film that is. Uh, really started that, that trend where every film had to have a twist in it. But in that film, it works so well. The performances are great. It's directed really well. It looks great. And it's genuinely a very, very chilling film. So it, it deserves what it got. And it was a great way to sort of end the 90s. So then we headed into the 2000s, and it was filled with everything, everything that you can think of in regards to horror. Uh, you had zombies, you had remakes, and I mean, fucking hell, we had like so many remakes, which, you know, still continues. We had Patrick Bateman, we had people cutting off their own limbs to, to get them out of a dingy little bathroom just to survive. Um, and then you had a 30-year-old midget who was pretending to be a kid but ultimately, they were just a fucking pervert. 
so it continued and continued and here we are we got ash back for the amazing ash versus evil dead you know we can complain that it finished too soon but we can't complain that we got it all i mean it's great program uh, really done well and i fucking loved it so let's uh, let's just deal with what we got eh? um the saw films was a massive franchise and it continued and continued and then got pretty shit but they're doing a new one, apparently, with Chris Rock following uh, loosely the Saw stories. But I think what I really like about where we are at the moment is you're getting a lot of filmmakers, whether they are known directors or unknown directors, um, they all want to take a shot at it because they all want to make films that really do stand out. They want to try and make a film that is going to be a classic you know, over over the years, we've had sort of individual films, uh, and a lot of them, but individual films that have really stood out, and they're the films that will always become the foundations for the next layer of uh, of horror films. But there's a lot of films now where they're really trying to take that original approach to it, and they want to be the films that take it next step. But there's a lot of them. So it's a really, really, really great time to be a fan of horror. And we are the best community of fans in the world. So we will support it and continue to support it. And let's hope that the current trend where it is very popular um, and it is making money, let's hope that that continues. But there is one thing that we do always need to remember, that the classics are classics for a reason. And that's all you motherfuckers again. That was my very, very brief uh, look into the history of horror in cinema. As I mentioned earlier, this topic of why horror that I'm doing is going to be separated into two parts. The second part, um, which I will release once I've done it, um, is going to focus more on the psychological impact that horror has had. You know, why do we love it? Uh, why do people hate it? Um, why does it scare the shit out of some people and doesn't scare anyone else? You know, we're going to be looking into that sort of um, idea of, of of as to why, and as I say, why horror on the next episode, in the second part of the Let's Talk Horror podcast. So the reason I wanted to do a podcast or start the podcast the way that I have uh, is because I didn't want to do the normal. I didn't want to um, just go straight into going, here's a film and I'm going to do a podcast about this one film and these are my views on it or this is what it's done for film. You know, I've spoken about a lot of classic films in my very brief history and there's a lot of absolute classics I haven't spoken about and that will come in the future. But for now, I just want to do something a little bit less normal for these sort of podcasts um, that hopefully you will find interesting. But one of the things I am going to do on every podcast is give you a review to keep things at least a little bit normal. So here we are. Here's a review. So the reviews that I'm going to do on this podcast um, are going to be very, very brief. And the reason I want to keep them brief um, 
is I don't want to give anything away. I'm not going to talk too much about the story of the film or what happens in the film because if you choose to watch the films that I've reviewed or recommended, I really want you to go into it and watch it with fresh eyes uh, to not really know much apart from my opinion um, of what the film is. And I would love you to share what your opinion of the film that I reviewed is on our Instagram or Facebook page. And so the first film that I'm ever going to review on a Let's Talk Horror podcast is Spree. Spree stars Joe Keery from the amazing Stranger Things TV show. Was Spree good? Yes. Could it have been better? Most definitely it could have been better. But I still really enjoyed it. So I would recommend it as a watch to anyone. The film follows Joe Keery's character uh, and he is searching for internet fame uh, and he's trying to do anything he can to go viral. And unfortunately, things get a bit fucked up and it goes very dark and he takes uh, potentially the wrong route of uh, the worst way that you could possibly try and go viral um, and uh, takes a very evil way of doing it. Joe Keery's character is quite clearly a bit of a social outcast um, and quite clearly, as you learn throughout the film, has a lot of mental health issues. Um, And it really captures that in the film, uh, his desperate need to essentially be loved or liked um, by millions of followers that he could try and potentially get online. Um, but it doesn't. It's not succeeding, and uh, he's trying to find out how he can succeed in that. As I say, he takes that on uh, a completely different level as to what most people would do. So the problem that I have with the film is its focus. So your main focus on a film like this should be Joe Keery's character because that's who it's about. It's about him and uh, the events that are unfolding in front of you uh, of what he's trying to achieve. Um, But every now and again, it keeps on taking you out of that and puts you in somebody else's shoes. What the film for me should have done is either done, say, a 24 hours in the life of this guy or it should have done a real-time scenario um, from the start to the finish um, of the film um, of the journey of Joe Keery's character. But every now and again, it starts building up this tension and tension where things are heightening and, and things are getting worse for, for his character. And then it sort of takes you out of it and uh, you, you're you sort of with another character. And I get what it's trying to do and I get what it's trying to achieve. But as a horror or as a thriller, it really would have achieved more for me and it would have had more of an impact if the whole film you were just following this character um, in a more of a traditional format. You know, you can't ever judge a film for trying to be different, but there was definitely a more of a classic way that they could have achieved something um, to make it more of an impactful film. You know, the film at points was really messed up. Um, There's some, you know, real proper, you know, really bad kills in it. Uh, It is, you know, a horror film, but it could have been better by, as I say, if you were following 
Joe Keery's character the whole time and that being your main focus for the whole film. And they could have really, really built up that dread and that tension throughout it by doing that. But what I will say is that Joe Keery's performance in this film is fantastic. And if you have any doubts about watching this film, um, do so purely because of his performance. He deserves any credit he gets for what he did in this film. He's great in Stranger Things and he is my favourite character in Stranger Things. But he really shows that he can um, perform on a different level in a different environment like a film rather than a TV show. He really captures and makes you understand this character's needs and his journey um, and how desperate he is to achieve it. He, he really, really does a good job at that. As I said uh, on my sort of written review that I did last night on my Instagram page, that for me, when you're watching a film, um, the performances in it have to really make you feel that they belong in that in environment, in that world that the film's taking part in. And if it doesn't do that, it takes you out of it and really can be a proper hindrance on the film or how you feel about uh, the film itself. But Joe Keery in Spree really really nails the character so you believe that he is a real person and even though that we watched uh, him in three seasons of Stranger Things I didn't feel like I was watching Steve Harrington I felt like I was watching you know this real person in this real scenario that they've set out for him um, he really really did a good job um, at the points where um, he's adding the comedic elements to a film that's not it's really hopefully comedic he does a really good job um but on the bits where you start seeing his uh mental stability show through he also does that incredibly well so as i said if you watch this film for one reason make sure that you watch it for joe keary's performance because he deserves it and that is my first ever review on the let's talk horror podcast as i say you know, I wanted to, I want to try and keep them short. I don't want to give you away too much about what happens in the film or what the film is about. I really want you to go into them uh, without knowing much and watch them. And I really hope you do. But is Spree worth a watch? Yes, uh, definitely. And the last thing I want to talk about on the podcast is what's been going on on the social media page. So you can follow the Let's Talk Horror podcast over on Instagram and also on Facebook. If you go to Instagram, you want to look for let's.talk.horror.podcast. And also on Facebook, you want to look at uh, the at Let's Talk Horror podcast. If you search for that, you should find it. Um, I'm trying to have as much fun on there as I can, uh, trying to upload as much content as I can. Going forward, the more people that listen to the podcast, uh, the more reason there is for me to do it, which means I can continue to uh, upload to it. But as I say, I've been trying to have sort of a lot of fun on there. Um, I've been up to uploading little questions or quizzes. Um, so on Facebook and on Instagram, I uploaded who, who, who are you going to choose? Pa Bateman, so Patrick Bateman or Bates? Norman Bates from Psycho. Uh, what was weird about that is that Facebook chose Norman Bates, but Instagram chose more of Patrick Bateman. So I don't know what that tells you about the difference between Facebook and Instagram. Um, I, I couldn't tell you, but um, there's loads of little sort of questions and quizzes and that I'm trying to um, add on to the page. 
But one of the things I'm going to be doing on this podcast is a little segment that I really enjoy speaking to you all about and have done and also uh, really enjoy, you know, sort of want to know as well. And I think it's something going to be interesting for you guys to know is everybody's first time. So when was your first time watching a horror film? Um, You know, do we all remember it? Most of us do. Um, And I really, really love to hear these stories. On the first podcast we did, I spoke, and it was more of an introduction to uh, myself uh, in regards to why I love horror. And I did speak about some of my first experiences, and I want to know about yours. And I do have some of your first experiences to talk about. So all of the experiences uh, I've got here that I'm going to talk about, uh, I've got through my Instagram page. Um, so one of them is going to be uh, so it's from Flesh and Blood 1. And his first experience that he remembers is uh, with horror uh, is with The Ring, so the remake of The Ring. Uh, he watched it in his mate in a summer house uh, on a very small TV, but with a very long extension cord from what he remembers. And they basically shat themselves. And I think, you know, most people probably did shit themselves watching that film. Uh, Another first time that I've got is from Ewok Princess 88. And at age eight or nine, uh, they were at a sleepover watching Carrie. And she remembers screaming, screaming really loud uh, when her hand comes up from the grave at the end. We've also got Hobo Robo on Instagram. And it's the original Roald Dahl. Um, witch's film and it's the scene where the uh, the witch tries to entice the kid down from the treehouse as well as the face reveal um, so it, Roald Dahl's Witches is a weird one because it's like a kid's film but yet I literally can't watch it still because of that woman's face like it's, it's, it's disgusting and haunted my dreams it's one of the things from my childhood I always remember and still to this film like to this day I still struggle to watch the film because of it so I'm with you on that one and this one's like more of a, a very vivid memory as well uh, from on Instagram it's another podcast uh, from good times bad movies podcast um, so he snuck into his sister's room uh, and while she was watching Friday the 13th part 6 uh, he saw the part where Sissy's head get ripped off and he screamed like mag and then his sister said well I guess there's no in going back now and that's a great memory of your first time and an experience so I want to I wanna get as many of these as I can so please do uh, put them on to uh, the, uh, my Instagram page or the Facebook page uh, and share with me and us and the horror community your first experiences and then every time I do one of these podcasts I'm going to add them on at the end because um, it's a bit of fun and as I say for me personally I love to know um, your first times with horror. We've now reached 100, well, over 100 followers on our Instagram page. And that's amazing. And I'm really, really grateful for the people um, that have followed us. But I'm also really grateful for the people that are obviously listening to this. And people who have taken the time to listen to the first podcast also. It's been great fun doing this. It's been great fun interacting with you all on the social media pages. And I do really want to continue doing this. So I think how I'm going to end this uh, this podcast until uh, the second part of the why horror topic um, 
I get a chance to actually do it. Um, the way I, I want to end this is speak to you a little bit about um, the way uh, we are in the world at the moment. So this second podcast that I've done um, has taken longer for me to do than anticipated. I would have loved to have been able to done it and have released it a lot sooner. And that was the plan. Um, but the way of the world and the current situation that we are in, in this global pandemic, um, can really put a stop to uh, what you're trying to achieve. I consider myself a very driven and a very creative person. And before I had the idea to do this podcast, um, all this, uh, everything that has happened around the world really put a stop to that. And for me personally, if I can't do what I'm trying to do or try and achieve something next or have something to plan to, um, it really, really drives me insane. And this is something that I know it does for a lot of people. So I needed to do something creativity wise, uh, creatively. And this podcast um, has been something that's really helped me get through um, the current situation that we're in or continues to get me through the current situation we are in. So the reason I wanted to say that is um, it really does mean a lot to me if people are listening to this and it means that it gives me a reason to continue to do this. But what I mean by this is that if you are like everyone currently in this situation, whether you are on lockdown in your house uh, or whether you are still like a lot of people and like myself continue to go to work through it um, and doing everything you can to stay safe and but you are struggling with it really do try and find something creative to do whether you are a person that is like that in general or if you aren't somebody you know find something to do find a hobby um, you know and really really do something um, that's going to be of an importance for you, not just now, but it could be something that you can continue in the future. You know, um, I will not start something unless I want to fully commit to it. And this has been difficult to do for time constraint reasons, but I am fully committed to this and fully committed to you and fully committed into um, trying to uh, achieve something with this podcast and for any channels that I do in the future. So as I say, it, it's a tough and it's a strange world that we live in, but there are real positives to look at and to achieve and people can definitely do it. So all I will say is uh, I wish everybody well. Uh, thank you again for getting in contact with me on Instagram and Facebook and to follow in the content and for listening to the podcast. Um, there will be the part two of the why horror topic coming soon and uh, I wish everybody well and stay safe thank you